Las Vegas, famous, fabulous playground of the West. A wide open town that never goes to sleep. Vegas! Vegas, baby, Vegas! You're either in or you're out. Right now. My best mates are going to Las Vegas this weekend. I'm told it's incredible. Las Vegas, here we go! Pack your bags and get ready. You're going to Vegas with someone who knows Vegas inside and out. This is Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi, the podcast. But before the days of video games and smartphones and such, there was pinball. And I know... When I was in the 1970s and high school and so forth, pinball was a big deal. And I don't think about it much anymore, but a lot of friends that I have still talk about the great times at the pinball parlor playing and so forth. And there's a place in Las Vegas, believe it or not, that has a ton of pinball machines. And you can relive that past. And, you know, I was questioned a little about it and I started asking some people I know about it and they say it's one of the best museums in town. So with that, we've got uh, the owner, Tim Arnold, with us today. Tim, welcome to the show. Uh, is pinball just something you loved from the days you were a kid? Uh, yeah, I started off playing it when I was, like you said, in junior high school, high school. And then uh, I actually bought a machine from the guy that uh, owned the pizza parlor and then I kind of bought another one and kept buying them and pretty soon I had a whole bunch of them and then opened up a pinball arcade in 76 and ran that through 1990 and then um, I was getting to the point where we were we were saving all our old machines because the distributors didn't want them back so we were stacking them up in a warehouse and I thought it'd be kind of neat if I uh, opened up a museum with all these old machines so I thought about it for a while and decided that Las Vegas was the perfect place for it because it's warm and dry, and there's a lot of tourists here. So I loaded everything from Michigan, put it on trucks, and drove it out here, and uh, spent some time getting ready, and then opened up this pinball museum. It's an incredible place, folks. Tim, how many machines do you have? And they're all yours, aren't they? Uh, yeah. Well, there's a couple other collectors that have thrown a couple things in, too. But, yeah, it's uh, mostly me. Uh, it's set up like a supermarket where you walk in and there's aisles. There's the 60s aisle and the 90s aisle and the brand new games up front. And, um, it's, it's one of the few things in Las Vegas you can do without paying for parking or paying an admission. We're very proud of the fact that you drive in free and walk in free. As I research this thing, Tim, people have a blast there because you can go, and and this is a place where you can actually play with the museum artifacts. I mean, normally speaking, you know, you can't touch anything. Here's a place where you can actually get in there, can't you? Yeah, we've tried to make it as much like the arcade experience from the 70s and 80s as is possible. Now, the games don't all cost a quarter. Half our games still do cost a quarter, but some of the newer pinballs cost more than that because... They cost us seven, eight, nine, ten thousand dollars to buy, and we can't sell that product for a quarter anymore. Right. And uh, other than that, though, it's it's the same experience you remember. We like to say it's just a big dark room full of pinballs, which is what people remember. Now there is there's been a couple changes. Of course, there's no smoking anymore. People used to smoke everywhere, but they can't yeah. do that now. And we got a soft drink machine in the corner, and we've got uh, we also use real coins, not swipe cards everybody that's going yeah, right. to 
to arcades now. They have to buy some funky little swipe card. And it's just not the same. You've got to take a real 25-cent coin out of your pocket and put it in the coin slot. Otherwise, it isn't real to you. You know what I love about it, Tim, is it reminds me of the movie Santa Claus. I think it was actually Santa Claus, the second one with Tim Allen, where he goes to a place and he just starts giving away toys from kids' past. And the minute they get it, it that feeling comes back. And I think pinball is one of those kind of things where, you know, if you were around in the 70s and 80s and played that, you might not have played in 20, 30 years. But the minute you get back there, it all comes back to you. Yep. We, get, uh, we call it the nostalgia lockup where they'll be walking down an aisle full of pinballs and they'll see a game that they haven't seen in 30, 35 years. And they look at it, they just stop dead and they freeze up and they go, ah, ah, I remember, I remember that game. The first time I kissed a girl, I was playing that game. <laughs> that great? It, it all comes back to them. And you know, the other thing, uh, the question obviously is why a pinball hall of fame, but it actually makes a lot of sense because it's kind of a, another way, just like the, the Neon Museum is, it's another way to go through and really see our culture because these things, uh, as I recall, uh, you know, you'd have the Happy Days one and stuff. And you can kind of relive what was popular at the time in the second half of the 20th century till now. Right, and you can also date the machines if you look at the art on the back glass. Uh, the games from the, the, the 50s, all the men are wearing hats, and all the women have a string of pearls, and they're wearing long dresses. And then the 60s happen, and all of a sudden everybody's in vinyl go-go boots and mini skirts, and, and guys have groovy neckerchiefs and stuff <laughs> like that. And then the 80s hit, and of course, you've got war in space. You know, you've got aliens everywhere. And it's yeah. uh, absolutely a, a trip back through time. Kind of talk to, talk to us about that from like the 50s where you started there through. Did the games get more complicated and stuff? Because everybody, you know, you, you say pinball and immediately you picture this big thing where you got the two flappers on the side. Did they get more involved and so forth as the years went on? Yeah, the players demanded a, a different, newer experience. You're not going to play what your dad played. It's, you know, you're a young male, and that's who mainly plays pinball is young males. Uh, you, you rejected your dad's stuff, and you wanted something new and different. And as the games have evolved and electronics have become cheaper and more sophisticated, uh, all of a sudden the games have more complicated rules, and they have multiple levels, and they have ramps, and they have flying ball magnets and all sorts of Superman, Batman jazz all over them. Um, I'm a purist. I like what I grew up with. So if I have time, I play the games from the 60s and 70s I grew up with. But uh, that's the cool thing about us is we got a little bit of everything. What does it sound like in there? I mean, I can just imagine all this, you know, ping, ping and all that. It's probably a, a really a whole nostalgic thing. And it really brings the flavor of the place in. There's, there's the sound and there's also the smell because there's a, a, a certain smell to older electronics as they degenerate. They put off a, a, a tangy sort of smell, which is actually the Bakelite spacers off-gassing, and you get, it's actually formaldehyde. So you get this tangy nostalgia smell that you get you know, from a room of old radios. And yeah. people come in here. This place even smells like the arcade used to. <laughs> yeah, see that that's that's just so much fun. Now I gotta ask you. I've been wanting to ask you this since we set up this interview a while ago. 
my best friend and I used to play it. He was really into it. I was a once in a while guy, but I always enjoyed it. But he knew how to just push the thing where you didn't tilt it and stuff. Is that something that's gone through the whole thing of, of pinball machines? Or do they start getting closer to that where you, actually part of it was to see what you could push without tilting the machine? Ah, this is what makes it a great game is the risk-reward ratio. It, if you take a chance and you shake the game, you could lose by tilting it. But you could also save your ball and continue to play. This is why pinball is a great game and always will be, and why video games are stupid little games for babies, <laughs> because you can't control the right. little blip on the screen. If, if you get really good at pinball, you can tell the ball where to go. You know, this is a great thing, too, for somebody that is into either video poker or just, just the slots and so forth. You know, and they're playing for a while, and it's not happening for them, and they need a break, but they can just go in there and do a little. You know, you got you have some skill involved, and you can get kind of some of that kind of excitement. You know, it's a you know, and you can do it so inexpensively. It's really a wonderful thing for Las Vegas. Yeah, it is because you go into the casinos, and the one thing you notice is it's kind of like a funeral home. Nobody's yelling, screaming, having fun, going whoop 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 whoop, <laughs> and they're just sitting there poking a button. You don't even pull the handle anymore. You just yeah. poke a button, and some video screen spins around or something and then you come in here and people are standing up they're bumping into each other they're they're yelling and screaming yay wow go yeah and stuff like that and it's just it's the sound of people having fun when you walk in here yeah, it's a great throwback. And I imagine there's some people that maybe after the experience, you know, of course if you're a local, you can go in there anytime you want, but if you're not if you ever had somebody go, "Where can I buy one of these things?" Oh, yeah, but I don't recommend that people buy a pinball machine for their house. It's like the most high-maintenance woman you've ever had times <laughs> ten. It, it's just they need constant fiddling to keep them going. The, the designers weren't stupid. They made the games, designed them to run about five years and then fall over dead, so you had to buy a new one. Now, you can trick them into working a little longer, but it takes a lot of effort. And the other thing about owning your own pinball machine is you don't realize this. You're used to a TV where you turn it on and there's a different program every day. You turn on your pinball machine, it's the same game you played yesterday. And you're going to play it like crazy for about six months, and then you're going to use it to fold your laundry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and it's so much fun of going to a place like yours. And, you know, you could go, you know, if you're a regular Vegas person that comes out three, four times a year, you could every time go there, play something different. You could even, you know, change decades and so forth. I mean, yeah, you can't, you can't, certainly can't do that at home. No, no. We get, we get people flying in from all over the world specifically to come here. Uh, pinball's huge in Europe and in South America. Uh, I'm, I'm worshipped as a god in Europe. <laughs> and there's, there's people that have their weddings here. Um, it's, it's people that, that line up and take selfies all day long in front of our sign. Um, it's, it's grown well beyond what the original intent was, which is just a place for me and my buddies to hang out and play pinball. Well, thank you so much for doing that. One last question, though, Tim favorites are there any particular ones that you know there's the line for or something that people really or they specifically request maybe by decade do you have any particular favorites that people just can't uh, can't get enough of well we've got some totally unique games that were factory prototypes that were designed by the design department but then never sent down to be produced and we ended up with you know the, the one-off hand-built one-of-a-kind machines that that you can't 
play anywhere else. It's like a movie that was was, was done, but then they never released it. Now you can come and see it. Yeah. So, yeah, we've got some uh, really unique things here. Um, uh, we're one of the top-rated tourist attractions on Yelp and TripAdvisor. Uh, it's it's simply unique anywhere in the world, and you've got to see it. Well, let's do that. It's pinballmuseum.org, and we've got a 360-degree moving tour. You can you can actually walk through the museum and, and take a look at all the machines. We're open every day of the year from 11 a.m. to 11 p.m. I am going to be there, Tim. Thanks so much for being with us. Thank you. What if every dollar you invested into your training program turned into $30 of revenue? What if your learning program was so engaging that your employees looked forward to annual trainings? And what if you could monitor the success and effectiveness of your curriculum with quantifiable metrics? Go to training.epsilonxr.com. E-learning has made each of these scenarios possible, utilizing tools such as virtual and augmented reality, simulations, and online instructor-led training provides a safe environment for employees to learn at their own pace. Go to training.epsilonxr.com. Here at Epsilon XR, we have 50 years of experience in creating powerful and effective training programs. We combine proven training methods with cutting-edge technology to create immersive training experiences. Are you ready to take your training program to the next level? Go to training.epsilonxr.com. Training.epsilonxr.com. If you love great sound, you'll love Oont speakers. Oont has been making great speakers for over 30 years, and now they've developed these cost-effective, great-sounding Bluetooth speakers. Meet Troy, one of the idea guys. Hey, Troy, how can I get these? With two-day free shipping, go to theoont.com, T-H-E-O-O-N-T-Z.com. Be seen, be heard. Go to theoont.com. That's T-H-E-O-O-N-T-Z.com. Have your collectibles taken over your house? Well, maybe it's time for those treasures to find a new home. And I've got just the place to help you do that. The place to go is Baseball Cards and Bobbleheads, where they are always buying. Baseball Cards and Bobbleheads has over 35 years of experience buying collections of sports cards, memorabilia, bobbleheads, toys, action figures, comic books, Hot Wheels, Star Wars, movie posters, and more. If you've collected it, there's a good chance they'll buy it. No collections are too large or too small. Call Baseball Cards and Bobbleheads at 310-534-4180 or text them pictures of your collection. That number again is 310-534-4180. That's 310-534-4180. Baseball Cards and Bobbleheads, 310-534-4180. Okay, Sean, we need to talk about our training budget. We're spending almost $1,500 per employee each year. What's the plan? Well, ma'am, 42% of companies are saying that e-learning has led to an increase in revenue. What does that do about the travel expense? E-learning allows employees to learn wherever they are. Then we need to consider the time away from production. I heard that e-learning takes up to 60% less employee time than traditional classroom training. 
Perfect. Let's find a curriculum company, a development company, a learning management software company. Actually, Epsilon XR specializes in end-to-end learning solutions with tools such as instructor-led training, online classrooms, simulations, virtual and augmented reality, and curriculum development. Get Epsilon XR on the phone. Epsilon XR creates immersive learning environments that engage with your learner, resulting in improved information retention, which leads to better performance and ultimately an increase in revenue. Learn more at elearning.epsilonxr.com.